You're listening to Talking Tunes, and joining me online today is... Gate System, hi. Good, good man, good. We're talking tunes, right? We're talking about this tune, which is Villain. 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 Like villain, but I, I, this, uh, I assume so, at least, yeah. It's one of those things where you don't really know how it's pronounced. You just, you know, you just go along and then somebody finds their own truth in there, I guess. And all the true fans are like, oh, can you believe these guys, they don't even know how to pronounce the artist's name. I chose Extraction because it's probably like, if you, if you listen to this and you know that I um, used to make breakcore and I transitioned to like more neurofunk drum based stuff recently. And um, I chose Extraction just because it's like big milestone in like how I approach music with like what influenced me because like Extraction is just like, when I heard that I was like, this is crazy good stuff, you know, and it's like, I want to make music like that. There's so much variation in this track that I like really appreciate, like it just like, constant switches and stuff like that and like I'm just all there for it and yeah, it's like massive inspiration on like my first EP so I thought it would be appropriate to choose this one, yeah. I don't know, man. I'm like the same. I, like, I can tell when something is neuro, but if you ask me to like define it, I would just be like, I don't know, just like sound design focused, a little bit more complex drum and bass, but not even that applies to like every neuro track. So I, I don't know, man. Like people just make up genre names, you know. I like like little drawers to put things in, you know, just to categorize everything neatly, but like I don't necessarily care about like what the stuff is, you know. It's just nice to hear something that you like and you find a label for it and you can find more of that stuff by typing that into Google. Yeah, absolutely. To me, Neuro is always, I mean, it's not doing it anymore now, but that, that bit we had a second ago, it's always like, sort of opening filter, square wave sort of stuff. And a lot of tumbling beats, not exactly breakbeat, but it's like complex mixed up beats. Yeah, completely, yeah. And like this tune in particular is like like very complex, I think, rhythmically, which you know I like. Playing the game on the Xbox where you're like driving some spaceship through an asteroid field and you have to avoid and check the bonus points. You're listening to Neuro, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty apt description. Yeah, especially if like all the asteroids are hitting your your ship and like it like just gets more and more destroyed as you go on. Yeah. This tune is so good. Yeah, I have a great music taste. If anyone disagrees with that, put it in the comments, and I will fight you personally. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be a big cube. Are you going to Bang Face this year? No, I'm not. I don't this year because I have exams like the week, the week after, like the Monday, which is like, yeah, it's a bit oh. sad. Like the one weekend in the year where I can't go away, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh, fine. I never thought about that because March is such a terrible time of the year. It's always cold and miserable, but at least it's something to look forward to in the winter. But yeah, I never thought May, of 
that's June, July. That's, that's exam season. But I'm done after this year, so I will transition into adulthood finally, and then I can just do whatever the fuck I want, I guess. So yeah, see you next year. Well, if we're talking about transitioning into adulthood, you've turned your back on breakcore and gone for drum and bass. Yeah. Is that is that a transition into adulthood? It's just getting more and more mature, you know? Ignoring all the baby stuff for babies and just, you know, doing manly adult chin-strokey music. I don't know, like, I've been getting bored with doing the same thing for like 10 years. I don't know. I don't necessarily think that I'm gonna be like a drum and bass producer, you know, I'm just gonna be a whatever I wanna do producer, and I think Gate System is just a more neutral name than Breakforce One, you know, so like I just changed the name, I guess. I gotta say, Breakforce One is one of those names I think has instant kudos. I remember the first time I saw it written down somewhere, I'm like, oh, that is a damn cool name. Yeah, that's, everyone says that, but I completely disagree with that. But it's cool that, you know, people like that name because then I don't have to cringe re retroactively. system. I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna have to make sure I spell that right. <laughs> I, I hate when I do artwork and you spend like hours and hours doing artwork and then someone goes, you don't realize you spell that wrong. You're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And like everyone finds that awful. Like everyone involved you do and the person that you spelled wrong and like the people that are fans of that person, like no one's happy with that situation. Yeah. It's uh, awful. <laughs> We're in a bit of a mellow, mellow doldrums here now. This is the end of the track, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, the end of the track. Yeah, Billing is really good at like uh, ambient bits as well, which you can hear on like his albums that he put out. And yeah, yeah, I like those ambient bits as well. But they make tracks longer. <laughs> I just, my life's too short. I haven't got time for listening to ambient. <laughs> <laughs> selection of different music on here as well i won't get into it too detailed we'll get to it as we go through it but um yeah it's something completely different now this tune holy form arrows what, what are we doing here tell me about it so 
I think everyone just went through like a little bit of a weird phase during like 2020 and like the first lockdowns and stuff like that. And I've I've like discovered loads of music in that time because like I can listen to Spotify at work and so just you know dig through like loads of stuff, just like playlists and shit like that. And um, yeah, this this album uh, Death Spells by Holy Font probably like one of my favorite things that I found there. The second favorite I would say. We get to the favorite later on. It's just a really 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 beautiful like stunning album and like. I couldn't, I can't even like categorize it like genre-wise. I would say like a mixture of like Doom and fucking Shoegaze or something like that. Like it's really weird. It's like super pristine and clean and beautiful and like also quite rough sometimes. Uh, yeah, I am completely in love with that album and I got weirdly involved in like the sort of hardcore fan community of that band over Twitter. And yeah, it's just been like a wild ride and like this track just means a lot to me. Yeah, it's a really beautiful track. It's a difficult thing to find 15 tunes you're happy with because I think changes all the time and, and as soon as you've made those 15 tunes they inspire you to think of different tunes and then you, you change it and you change it and you change it. It's so uh, fair play putting it down to the ones you have and giving it quite a wide selection of music. Yeah, it was actually harder for me to find 15 tracks with like half of them being electronic music tracks because I actually don't really listen to electronic music if I'm not in like producer mode, I guess. So yeah, it's been like difficult to actually put like electronic music in here rather than just, you know, metal and rap and stuff like that, yeah. How many hours do you listen to music a week, do you think? Uh, just all the time at work, like I don't really talk to anyone at work, so it's just like eight hours a day, basically. Uh, and then at the weekends, you know, when I make my own music, I don't really know if I should count that, but yeah, I basically listen to like loads of hours a day to music, yeah. Oh my god, that sounds like a dream job. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I don't even get a fraction. If I get two hours a day, I'm doing well. Yeah, that's sad, man. I feel bad for you. <laughs> I, was, I was a software engineer for the longest time. A software engineer, yeah, basically sitting on a computer all day listening to music. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah I, I am web deaf, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing the same thing, basically uh, programming just all day. Yeah, I'm always amazed by how many people work in IT that listen to rave music. Uh, I've often wondered if there's a connection there, or is it just the... Well, it's just nerds, man. <laughs> nerds, nerd music. Yeah, nerds. Uh, or maybe there's loads of people sitting at their desk listening to, I don't know, hip-hop or listening to classical or who knows what. But. Yeah, I mean a lot of people, like we, we also have like global speakers at work and it's just like, yeah, pop music, I guess, there, which, you know, I'm not really that into, but you know, if people like it, I don't really mind it that much. Interesting description of it as well as shoegaze music. I would call this a bit goth or something like that, or emo or something. I'm not like massively into shoegaze, but I think this fits like the term shoegaze pretty well, which is like really ethereal, beautiful music, but like really distorted as well, which like this is like to a T, so yeah, I don't know, like I, I think that like fits. Like genre names, especially in cases like that where it's not like as clear, I think it's just, you know, weird to like force labels onto it.
Yeah, I've said before, I think genre names, as you say, it's just, it just makes it easier to describe something. It makes it easier to, to Google it and stuff, doesn't it? And this band is just like nothing else I've ever heard. So, you know, this is like one of the few outliers, I guess. <laughs> a bit of a change up in the style here now. Still a bit angsty in space, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, now it gets a little bit harder. It gets really distorted a bit, where like it's basically just white noise, and it's really good, yeah. <laughs> I love this song so much, yeah. And this is what I mean with like Doomy, like this is like a pretty like Doom metal bit, I guess. Not really as shoegazy as the bit before that, yeah. But as I said, like I recommend everyone to check out that album. Like the first five tracks on that album are like the best album, first chunk of an album I think I've ever heard. Like it's perfect, incredible music. But yeah, you hear it now, it's like really white noisy, it's like just drowned in like <laughs> reverb white noise. Yeah, yeah. From that and into this, which is quite quite polar opposite to what we were just listening to, right? That's what I, what I roll with. I put my entire Spotify library, which is four and a half thousand songs in all genres, just on random all day. So it's gonna, it's just like this all the time. It's just, oh wow, really? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't like listening to like the same kind of music for like a prolonged time, which is like why at raves I get really bored if there's like just one genre, you know? But yeah, it's... Uh... I'm interested in DJs, in that some DJs will play just one genre of music for the whole set, and other DJs will play lots of different genres. And I'm trying to figure out which, which is the better. Personally, I kind of like the ones that do multi-genre, but you know that some of it you're going to not like, and some of, it you, some of it you like and some of it you won't like. Whereas the DJs that play just one style of music, well, if you're into that style of music, then yeah, this is brilliant. You know, give me the full hour. I think both are fine, but like it has to be a multi multi genre lineup, which is I think what it comes down to. Because like after an hour, if you're like bored, then at least there's gonna be something different on. But it's like just like eight hours of like hardcore, then I'm you know like I'm just bored out of my mind and like checked out after like two hours basically. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. So if you're at a drum and bass night, you wouldn't expect to see a drum and bass DJ suddenly slipping a bit of happy hardcore. No. interested to see as well a lot of the same sort of tunes getting picked you know uh, usual suspects see a lot of venetian snares um, i've made a, a boycott on square pusher come on my selector like too many people have picked that dylan and lime wax popular choice by a lot of people as well good to see because yeah you get, you get to hear fucking amazing music again and again 
Yeah, right. Well, I, I chose this one because, like, I have, like, a really deep-seated love for, like, sort of, like, mid-2000 Skull Step. And I think that Cleansed by a Nightmare by Dylan Limewax is, like, by far the best tune out of all of those tracks. And I, li I love a lot of them, but, like, Cleansed by a Nightmare just has, like, a really raw energy and, like, loads of, like, switches and, like, variety in it that is just, like, yeah, I, I, like, I completely love this track. And I, I play this out in, like, every Skull Step set that I play. And, uh, yeah, it's just, like, an absolute fucking classic. I just love that vocal. It's just, oh. Like the nightmare. It's, it's such a great track, yeah. It's so violent as well, like, I, I think that, like, you know, people should get back to this, like, really raw, sort of, like, skull step energy. People try to, like, nowadays just try to be, like, harder in the sense of, like, in the sense of, like, that hard chorus, if that makes sense, with, like, really distorted synthesizers or whatever. And, like, this is also quite distorted, but, like, the energy just comes from, like, the, the interplay of, like, the, the really rough breaks and, like, the bass sounds without, like, overdriving it too much, if that makes sense. Yeah. Oh my god, it's really loud raining right now. I hope it's uh, not too bad. This is crazy loud. It's extremely loud. <laughs> god damn it, what's going on? The world's just starting to end all of a sudden. Um.
hairy nipples. And uh, see, I left the, the hairy nipples in there at the end there. Uh, people quite like that bit. And another classic again now, Dormouse, Skelly Chairs by Venetian Snares. Yeah, this is the first breakcore, breakcore track that I heard ever. I was like 13 or something like that, and I like just got my access to the internet from my parents, and I, for some reason, you know, like everyone has like a weird obsession when they're like 13 of stuff that they shouldn't be into. I got really into like really violent, like 80s, like sleazy horror movies, and um, I watched like sort of like compilation of like like scenes from like slasher movies and shit like that and there was one compilation that is literally just like really flashy images of like really gory movie scenes like underlaid with this track and i was like this is like the fucking best thing i've ever heard what is this you know and like yeah i found the term breakcore through that and like i've heard breakcore before like i heard come to daddy by apex trim before this but like i hadn't really the drive to like search it out you know i was like this is a really cool track but like i didn't even think there would be a genre that's just like this yeah and like with the Skeleton Chairs remix, I was like, oh, there is a fucking genre like this. And yeah, and this was like definitely like my entry point to like breakcore and like me making music and all of that. So yeah, like as cliche a pick as this is, this is definitely like the most like important track in like that regard for me. That is an interesting story that you was watching 80s horror films and then somehow found your way listening to this. Because yeah, Apex Twin Come to Daddy, yeah, you could look at it and say that's breakcore, but it is a bit mainstream, right? Whereas this is like real proper underground. And this has an Eamon in it as well, which is like, I was like, this is cool, this, 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 these drums sound cool. And like, yeah, I was really lucky finding out that these drums are in millions of tunes. <laughs> It's a fucking banger though, like, it's it's not like even close to being like Venetia Snare's best song, like it's not even like, I wouldn't even put it in like the top 20 or something, right? But like, it's been like the first one that holds a special place in my heart for that, I guess, yeah. But it's a Dormash track remixed by Venetia Snare's. That is true, yeah, but like, I think if like, if someone remixes this track, then that that's, it's, it is their track, yeah. It's theirs, yeah. He made all of the decisions of like sequencing this, you know. So yeah, I don't know. Like on a technicality, yeah, there's a Dormouse and Vinicius Nas track. It would be a Dormouse remix of a Vinicius Nas track. I would call this a Dormouse track. So yeah, I'm not being, I'm not taking sides just because it's Vinicius Nas. <laughs> Okay, I, I get where you're coming from. So what you're saying is this, you, you consider this to be your Venetian Snares track in the list. Because I would then say, well, I haven't got Venetian Snares in there, but then... Why don't I have this in my list because it's been the first breakout track that I've ever heard and like, yeah, and so... Because again, I only have a limit to like one Venetian Snares track, you know, any more than that, you know, <laughs> nice. Yeah, we could listen to the entirety of Detrimentalist as well, but like, I think that would be very boring. <laughs> I remade this track, did you know that? I made a joke remix of this track for a fake breakcore project that means Sarah did. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, we had like a fake music project where we used like uh, like a specific sample pack all the time and I like made, I remade this track with like a different Amen and like I, re I remade the entire track as a joke and it's been like a lot of work and for like, just like me having a laugh basically, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's been good though. Yeah. <laughs> 
What's that the sample pack that we're not going to mention? This is very much a sample pack that I just thought about we shouldn't mention, yeah, but that was... Yeah, we shouldn't mention that sample pack. The name of it anyway, yeah, but yeah, we, that's, yeah. Wow, yeah, okay, let's go, let's talk controversy. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's talk my former favorite track of all time, which this is. This is Entombed Left Hand Path, which was also chosen by Pixel, which is, yeah, but like, this used to be my favorite song of all time. It's, uh, yeah, I fucking love this track so much, man. That was like my sort of special interest musically before I got into electronic music was like death metal and stuff like that. And my dad introduced me to this kind of music and uh, he had like a mix CD that he made for his car with like metal stuff on it and like uh, that's mix CD, I think this was the first track on it and it's um, yeah that just completely blew me away from like the raw like guitar sounds and like the energy that's in there like the riffs are all really good and then like the switch at the end where it gets really nice and like the guitar solo and stuff like that yeah i just really like opened like my eyes to like a whole new like world of music basically you know i've been into like sort of like shit german hip-hop as like a 10 year old or whatever because i didn't know any better and then i was like oh fuck metal exists you know and uh, yeah that was like really cool moment for me i guess so your dad was playing death metal to you in the car when you was a kid and going come on have some of this get some death metal yeah yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the actual story is that this was around the time where uh, the rock band, the Finnish rock band Lordi, won the Eurovision Song Contest, and like, I don't know if you remember them, but like, they had like, they have like horror movie makeup and stuff like that. Like the band Gore, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the band War, yeah, yeah. And like me as a kid, I was fascinated with that horror movie stuff, right? And I was like, this is like my new favorite band because they look like monsters, right? And I like, I told my dad about it and I showed him like pictures and was like, yeah, this is such hard music because I didn't know any better, you know? And my dad like laughed at me and like got his like death metal records out and he showed me like death metal and I was like, this is so much harder. Like, why was I like, why was I listening to like hard rock hallelujah and stuff like that? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think my dad pretty quickly noticed the mistake that he's done and he like told me to like not listen to the stuff anymore you know like he didn't he didn't he didn't give me his cds anymore for a while after that because i got like too much into it for a kid you know i guess but yeah it was a cool moment yeah <laughs> you could listen to this all day couldn't you on the death metal like this tune is so good every riff is good like every sort of vocal line and this is amazing which is a recurring theme i think with like most of these tracks right now is that i love the like variety that this track has like because the second half is like completely different to the first half and yeah it's just like yeah if you look at the list of tracks here like almost all of them have like a lot of variety in them so yeah i i just love that it's just like music that like keeps my interest uh, yeah, I remember when Lord won the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, that was probably the only time I've ever really paid attention to the Eurovision Song Contest. It's so cool. I, I don't know how they managed to do it, but obviously they got the votes for it. But like, yeah, I think everyone, I don't know if everyone was just like, yeah, we've heard of the Eurovision Song Contest. Turning out the same happy, crappy pop shit. Let's have something different for a change, you know? I have. I am absolutely not a fan of the Eurovision Song Contest. I know that's the thing that we like with the Bankface people, uh, but like I'm not. Like I have no access to that sort of thing. I've never really watched it or whatever. It's just like Lordy back then was like in the media a lot, and that's I guess how I how, how like I as a kid picked up on it. That was ages ago though. That was like 2006 or something, wasn't it? I was 10, I think. I'm, I'm gonna look, I'm, look, I'm gonna look this up right now. Uh, yeah, quick Google. 2006. Yeah, I'm correct. That was 2006. Yeah, I was literally 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, this was yeah, like literally the, that that time where I formed my personality, I guess. So yeah. 
Yeah, it's an interesting age. Teenage years, it really is. I think anybody that I speak to that's into music, they would definitely, by the time they were a teenager, they figured it out for themselves. I haven't, man. I, I like, I've been all over the place musically, you know. I still love most of the stuff that I've listened to over the course of my life, you know. I think it's a bad approach for, like, I don't want to say mental health, but, like, for your understanding of, like, the art form music, if you just restrict yourself to, like, a few genres or whatever, you know. Like, it's fine to not like a, com a what, like, diff like, entire genres of music, but, like, if people are like, oh, I'm only into rave music, you know, or whatever, then I'm like, I don't know, like, I think that's, like, a wrong way to, like, approach stuff, I guess, you know, so, like, I'm just listening to, like, all kinds of stuff, and, like, there's new stuff coming to me, uh, over time, you know, they're like discover and I'm like, oh, actually, this is really good. And yeah, I just, you know, expand my music taste all the time, I think. I do only listen to rave music pretty much, but I, I absolutely love everything. So yeah, because I've only got so much time a day. If I've only got two hours in a day, I'm predominantly listening to rave music. What I love, I'm just thinking about you in the car with your dad playing death metal. With my generation now, you know, my kids, we've got Spotify, we've got Bluetooth to the car, and it's like, oh yeah, pull up this tune. And, I, and they, they play a tune, and it's whatever they want to play. And then I say, okay, now play Beastie Boys, or, you know, ABBA, or... How old are they, if I can ask that? Yeah, yeah, teenagers, teenagers. I'm trying to get my teenagers, you know, they're not going to get that death metal, hardcore rave or anything like that. They're going to be mainstream, so fair enough. But trying to expand the horizons, you know? Well, the, the key as a parent, I think, is to pretend like rave music is really uncool for your, for your children to like, get into it as a defying thing. Yeah, so, so you have to act like rave music is like the most uncool thing in the world, and then when they get into that to like rebel against you, then you can tell them, well, psych, it's been a joke. <laughs> Too much work. Too much work. If anything, if anything, my strategy is to keep my kids away from rave and drugs. I've never done chemical drugs in my life, and I've gone through loads of raves, so you know, like you can't do it, so... Um. Same here. Just, I just buzz off the music, full on in your face. I mean, I think the biggest drug, of course, is DJing. Oh, man, when you're playing a tune, you absolutely love it, and it's going off, and everyone's going nuts for it. Oh my god, that is the best thing in the world. Well, I think the biggest drug is caffeine for me, but... <laughs> you do you! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on coffee cup number 12 already, so yeah. Right, yeah. So, what's going on here? Gorillas, kids with guns. When I saw this, I'm like, oh wow. This is, I think, to be honest with you, this is one of the defining moments of your talking tunes. Right, why? why? Why is this weird? Like, let's start like this. Why do you think this is weird? Okay, Damon Albarn, I think, is a genius, right? You look at all the stuff he does. I mean, obviously, Blur is probably his main piece of work, but I know he's done lots of different things in lots of different, different areas. Genius, in my opinion. His songwriting is brilliant, I think. You know, he's got such character and style and originality, you know, as demonstrated by this. Gorillaz, again, you only need to hear two seconds of a Gorillaz song, right? That is the sign of a true artist, in my opinion. But everything sounds different and it's interesting. And, but it's not angry, let's say. <laughs> you know, it's not angry music. You've gone for, you've gone for breakcore, you've gone for hardcore, death metal and stuff like that. And sure, yeah, you've gone for some mellow stuff. 
but this is mainstream music, right? Well, I've been trying to select stuff that I think is like the best in like different categories for me where I'm like, you know, I can stand behind this and this means a lot to me personally and like Gorillaz, Kids With Guns is from the best in the category albums. I was like, what's my favorite album as an album, you know, where like, as an, if you look at it as an album, what's the best album that I've heard to? And I think Demon Days, like definite answer for that. Demon Days is absolutely perfect. I love, I love that entire album. I don't love their other albums all that much but like demon days is like i don't know why but like it's just like i can put that on and listen to it the entire way through and like literally every song is amazing and i think kids with guns is like the best song on that album like by a little margin i guess but yeah i just i just chose it because of that you know like i listen to like loads of music and and i think like demon days is a very special album and like i think an album that's probably not gonna be made like that again because it's like it incorporates so many like genres and influences into one thing like you say he's a fucking genius and like i think this is just, like his landmark achievement fusing all these different influences together and yeah it's it's an amazing album and i i can't recommend that enough yeah to top that off you didn't just go for clint eastwood you just go oh yeah let's try and impress people by how wide my knowledge is let's go for the gorillas uh oh yeah let's go for clint eastwood but you do obviously you must know what you're talking about for that you picked this track out yeah i mean clint eastwood isn't even on demon days so like it would have been hard to choose clint eastwood as a, a track of demon days but um yeah dirty harry is on demon days but it doesn't matter it's fine you're getting too specific mate too specific yeah well you're asking me you're testing my knowledge so i'm uh, <laughs> that's cool that's cool i'm just I, I know like three things about Gorillas and I've exhausted all that knowledge, so there we go. I've seen them live at Boomtown, which was a really nice experience. How does that work? So there were actual people on stage? Oh yeah, I mean, they have like a live band and stuff like that. Because the band, aren't the band technically not real people, right? So I wondered if the live show would have been a video representation of the cartoon characters or were the actual people on the stage playing instruments? Yeah, it's both. They, they have like an AV thing with like their music videos, but there is an actual band on stage that plays the music as well, obviously. So yeah, it's like a sort of like mix thing, I guess, yeah. Gotcha. That makes it a lot more interesting because the, I've heard that they play live, but then I'm kind of thinking, well, why would you pay money to go and watch a video? Right, yeah. Do you know ABBA? I don't know if you saw that thing about ABBA doing a tour now, but it's a virtual VR and you, you're watching an avatar of them when they were 20. It's like... Yeah, it's so bad. It looks so bad. Yeah, well, but they are 80, so I guess they don't want to like jump around on stage anymore. This is uh, Black Sheep Wall Metallica. No, yeah, so this track is called Metallica and the band is called Black Sheep Wall, so this isn't a Metallica track. Ah, okay, I'll have to quickly edit that. No, no, this is uh, Metallica by Black Sheep Wall, which is a 33 minute long fucking slam hardcore track, I guess. I fucking love this song so much. This is like the angriest thing I've ever heard in my life. It is ridiculously angry. It's one note played on the guitar for 33 minutes straight and it's just violent. Violent, violent, violent. Like this is so much harder than like I think electronic music can ever be for me like the vibe it gives off is just like pure hatred and like nihilism and like misanthropy and stuff like that and I, and I don't know many bands who can like encapsulate that as well as like Black Sheep Wall do on this album and like the fact that it's 33 minutes long it's just like actually like also physically just beating you down into submission which is great yeah I love the song
you're quiet. Have you been beaten down by this track? <laughs> no, I haven't. No, I was kind of wondering why did they make a track important Metallica? Well, so the lyrics of this are a suicide note a guy writes, so it's like a little short story of like this guy waking up, kissing his wife goodbye, and then writing a suicide note. And uh, he references Metallica at some point in the in the suicide note, and I think that's why it's called Metallica. And uh, yeah, I recommend everyone, like, if you don't want to listen to this 33 minute long track, at least re read the lyrics. It's like a nice little short story that's gonna make you feel absolutely awful. Uh, it's great. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Fucking love the song. Uh, everything about this. The cover out of this is also great. It's like a sort of like Muppet painting like an oil painting of like Muppets in a forest and like one of them says to the other I'm going to kill myself it's great yeah it's really good I don't know I mean I love a bit of dark heavy moody angry music but jarring music Kushki jarring music but it doesn't get any darker and moodier and angrier than this, I think. And I've been looking for loads of like hard like metal music, and like this is, I think, the hardest I've heard. Yeah. I need pure adrenaline. That's what I need. I need like just bring it on. This is. Uh... Right, but how how doesn't this like give you adrenaline? Like this is really like I I like I if I listen to this like the vibes it gives me is like wanting to smash stuff, you know, and like that is adrenaline to me, I guess, you know, like being like having energy to like actually destroy something or whatever, you know. This is like waiting for something to compile. Uh, I think if I was waiting, if I had a project and I was waiting 33 minutes for it to compile, and I listened to this song. And I got to the end of the 33 minute compilation and it said, missing close bracket. I think I would actually just jump out the window. <laughs> it keeps, keeps me awake at work as well sometimes. <laughs> exactly. I'd be like, I, just, no, I couldn't take it anymore. I missed it. I missed the semicolon on a, on a statement and it took 33 minutes for it to compile and then tell me it missed <laughs> and it didn't compile. So fuck it, I'm out the window. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a song about suicide, so it would be fitting. You said, you, I don't know if you want to talk about this, you can cut this out if you want, but you said that you don't think that like 33 minutes is a, is a, is a, is a track, like why, why, why like an arbitrary limit on, on music length? I can't handle it, I've just listened to this and I just can't handle it. You know where I'm coming from? Because like that's something that you like decided for yourself and I want to know like where the number is where you would consider something music or like what track or whatever and like why it's that number. Uh, no, it's a good question. It's a good question. I think the answer is yeah, whatever it wants to be is what it is. Like um, there's, you can't put constraints on art, can you? Yeah, it's okay. Don't worry about it. I think what I would put down to is, is attention, as in something needs to hold my attention, right? It's like a film, right? You know you see films, the film's three hours long, and you're like, if it was a boring as hell film, and you're an hour into it, you're thinking, wow. Like, did, you watch, did you ever watch The Irishman on Netflix? Three hour long film. Man, that was such a boring film. No. Like, did you see Dune? I saw Dune at the cinema, I think that was like two hours and a bit or something? Yeah. Brilliant movie. But like, that was such a good movie, and I'm like hungry, like, I could have quite happy Turn, gone out, come back in again and watch another two hours of that, you know? Yeah. So it's like, yes, two minutes, 20 minutes, two hours, whatever you want to do, as long as you can keep me interested in that time. Yes. Then that's what I mean. If you, if you, if you lose me after a minute, then I'm sorry, you lost me after a minute. Yeah, two, two of my favorite movies of all time that I have listed on Letterboxd uh, are over four hours long, so I, I know long movies, yeah.
so we're gonna cut this off now because like this we're gonna we're not gonna listen to this to the whole track now so i've cut it off here when i send it to you Like, did you see Dune? I saw Dune at the cinema. I think that was like two hours and a bit or something. Brilliant movie. Yeah, but that's not long anymore. Like, every movie is two and a half hours and hours. But like, that was such a good movie and I'm like hungry. Like, I could have quite happy yeah. turned, gone out and come back in again and watched another two hours of that, you know? So it's like, yes, two minutes, 20 minutes, two hours, whatever you want to do, as long as you can keep me interested in that time. And, uh, that's fair enough. If you lose me after a minute, then I'm sorry, you lost me after a minute. Well, we're gonna get to a track later that's even longer than 33 minutes, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> this is what I need. Look. This is Igor, Lose Yourself, yeah. This is what I need. I need changes in music. I chose tracks here that I'm thinking of like best in different categories, and like I'm a big hardcore head, like if you've ever seen like a Breakfast One set, I basically just play out hardcore. And I think that like Lose Yourself by Igor is like the best hardcore track ever made, probably. For me at least, like, obviously everything I say is objectively. I'm a massive nerd about this track, like, I annoy everyone who's into hardcore with, like, listen to this track, you know, and, like, no one agrees with me. Like, I don't even think that, like, Igor agrees with me, like, I talked to him about this track multiple times, and he's, like, the nicest guy ever, but, like, every time I bring this track up, he's, like, he gets, like, a little bit, not annoyed, but, like, he just doesn't have a lot to say, I guess, so, like, it's just, like, I have the impression that not even he's, like, too fussed about this track, and I think I'm probably just the only one who loves this track that much. I fucking love this track so much like yeah it's like i i try to make hardcore multiple times and like i always stop it because it's not gonna be as good as this one you know and like yeah it's like a little discouraging but like this is a track that's like gonna be the benchmark of me making hardcore it's like it has to be as good as this so yeah otherwise i will not release it i think the thing about music sometimes is when you listen to something and you imagine in your head how you would like it to sound or what you want it to do next or Oh, would it be great to see like, this vocal bit? Like you're thinking, as an artist or as a, as even as a punter, you're listening to think, oh yeah, would it be great after this build, it did this, it did this, it did this, and then it does that, and you're like, oh, that is exactly what I wanted it to do, and it's just done it. Then it connects almost like a key going into a lock in your brain of this actually matches exactly what my brain wants. So that's probably where the subjective part comes from, you know? Maybe Igor made it and he's not happy enough, whereas for you, it connects at a different level. Yeah, no, this is like exactly the kind of music that I would want to make if I made hardcore. Like, the, the, the kick in this, I think it's like, if you asked me before hearing this track, it's like, what would be like the ideal hardcore kick for you? I would have probably like made something like this, or like, obviously, like in my head, I would have heard something like this, not made something like this. Because evidently, I can't make something like this. But um, yeah, it's like, it's perfect, absolutely perfect. And like, the production on this is like years ahead of its time, I think. Uh, yeah, absolutely amazing song. Don't change. 
Like this came out in, I think, 2015 or something. And like this sounds like more modern and like more well-produced than like any other hardcore that's coming out now, I think, at least to my ears. Igor is really good at like changing his kicks like every 16 bars or something like that. And it's, yeah, it's, uh, I, lo I love that. It's very dynamic and keeps you into the track, you know. A lot of hardcore producers have made like, make like one track and then they use that for the entire song and just change up like little snares every once in a while or whatever. But like, yeah, Igor like actually like changes the kicks all the time, yeah. Which I like a lot. You can hear that it's actually synthesized kick as well, like it's not like resampled or whatever, like it's not static, like there's automation going on, like the synthesizer and stuff like that. Which is, yeah, it's a, a good approach to like make hardcore music in my opinion. It's more like a neuro-funk approach to like making hardcore than like it is to like make like a classic hardcore track in my opinion. But yeah, that's just like nerd stuff, I don't know like anyone listening that even knows what that means <laughs> when I say that. But it's the sort of thing that, as let's say a non-nerd would listen to it and they'd, they'd like it, but they don't know why they like it. Like, why would you like this track and not that track and they don't realize? Whereas if, if you know it in technical detail and you go, ah, that's because it's a synthesized kick and it changes, it matches and all this sort of stuff. Because you understand the engineering that's gone into it. Whereas someone's just like, yeah, I just like it, but I don't know why, you know? I have no comment, right? You have to tell me everything about it. Like, what's this called? His new ripping? What is it? What is it? Yeah, so this is KZ, which is like a German rap group plus like three people. This album that this comes from is like for my generation, like for like the people that went to school with me, probably like the defining like release of the entire generation, I would say. Like, I can't think of anyone who doesn't like this album or like can sing along with like almost of the songs on this album. It's crazy. Like, it's legitimately really popular. And like KZ afterwards have done loads of really good releases and have consistently had like great politics and stuff like that. So like, it just actually like just keeps up with time as well and um, I've chosen this track because yeah it was also very formative for me I remember buying this after seeing the, the lead single uh, on like uh, music television you know like not not MTV but like a German sort of station right and um, I saw a music video to like the lead single of this album and I was like oh I want to get this you know and I was like I don't know like 11 or something like that and I listened to the album and it's like really harsh lyrics like you know like about you know having sex and you know doing drugs and like murdering people and shit like that but like with a very funny edge that I didn't pick up on on like when I was younger So I listened to that and I was horrified, you know, it's like what is all of this like what is all of this stuff? Like I gave the CD, I remember this vividly, I gave the CD to my mom because I felt it was like inappropriate for me to have the CD You know, like I was braced pretty well, I guess, but I was I went to my mom was like This is like not for me like take this for another few years or whatever Yeah, and then I got it back and like I yeah, I still really enjoy this album and like this song in particular is like like I think the classic of like the album like when people talk about this album they would always all remember this uh, song because it's like a very different song than all the other songs on this album like the other songs are like jokey sort of like representing type hip-hop you know it's like yeah I'm like the best guy and I have the biggest stick but like in a very funny way where like it's really absurd 
And like this track is a horrorcore track about like murdering women in the woods, like around Berlin. And it's really dark and like really scary and really violent and like terrifying, genuinely. And um, like, it, yeah, it samples like House of the Rising Sun and all of that stuff. And it's just like a really beautiful sort of like a track. Yeah, and it's been like, yeah, like I bet with you if I get like schoolmates of mine randomly called them now, they can sing along to the entire thing. And it's, yeah, it's crazy how popular this album is and like the entire, like my generation, I guess, is like the defining album of them. At least from my perspective, I don't know if that's true for everyone. This artist group is like one of the biggest things in like German hip hop or like German music in general, you know? Like it's not popular outside of Germany, but like in Germany, this is like massive, massive band. They sell out like huge stadiums and stuff like that. Yeah, they're hugely popular. Yeah. And they have really funny lyrics. If any like German people listen to this, they already know KZ, but like if they don't, if, if you're German and you don't know KZ, like listen to this album and yeah, just get your mind blown at how fucking funny they are. They're really good. I wonder, I mean, obviously you can't speak for the band, right? But I wonder with a band like this, you know, if they get really, really popular in their own country or in their own language area, would they just go, do you know what, let's try and switch it up and do it in English and see if we can spread it out? That must be, that must be a difficult one, or, or do we just stick to what we're good at? I'm not saying that that wouldn't be good in English, but do you know what I mean? Well, I, f I think it's difficult to, like, write, like, lyrics on that level in a different language, you know? I mean, I speak, I speak English fluently, I would say, you know, I, like, stutter a little bit, but, you know, I'm good at English, right? But like it's really hard for me to like formulate like complex things in like English, you know, like jokes or whatever, you know, that's that's the sort of thing that you have to do in your own language because like just like the way you like construct a sentence is gonna be like more natural to you and like creative thinking I think requires that if that they, that you have like a natural understanding of the of the language that you're using when you construct something like that. And I think for like a German uh, hip hop artist to like suddenly write in English, I think that would be extremely hard to do. Yeah, you're probably probably right, yeah. More German music now, but you know, you know this band, I think. <laughs> Ramstein, not really my cup of tea. Right. I've new metal. Would you call this new metal? I don't know. No, this is industrial metal now. Yeah. But... All right. Okay. Well, any any metal after 2000, I don't really know. Right. That's fair enough. 
Yeah, I think Grafstein is like my favorite band of all time. But it's hard to think of like something that like is consistently as good and like as as into. They're currently doing like their promo cycle for their new album, and yeah, I'm just like all in for it. I love this band to death, and uh, this is my favorite Rammstein song, which is why I chose it. It's called Heirate mich, which means marry me, and this is about a guy digging up his dead wife at a graveyard and having sex with her. And this is like every Rammstein song ever. It's like people who like don't understand the lyrics are like, oh, this is really hard, and like the guy is like funny German sort of angry sounding thing. But like their lyrics are like genuinely really dark and I think it's funny that they've garnered like popularity they have Especially back then when their lyrics were even darker than they are now But I guess it's just easier to like vibe along with it if you don't understand what the fuck they're singing about I mean they are hugely popular in like English-speaking countries, yeah Oh, they are, yeah, yeah. Because I was just interested to think that actually a minute ago and said, yeah, why don't KIZ switch to English and see how popular they are? But there we are, you've got Rammstein and um, quite internationally popular doing their thing in German. Yeah, I think it's mental if you look at like concert footage of them at like Madison Square Garden and you have like thousands of American people who don't speak a single word of German like sing along to like Rammstein songs in like a language I don't really understand. Like, I think that's a crazy concept to me, right? It's, yeah, it's fascinating and yeah, I, I mean, they, they deserve that, you know, they're like nice guys as well from like what I can tell and uh, yeah, I, I'm just happy for them and they make really good songs, right? I had this conversation with a friend in uh, England last time I was in England um, that like Rammstein are like really like structurally like really simple like all of this is just power chords and like a really steady drum beat and then like you know like a synthesizer playing like three notes or whatever but like it just works out really well and I think like it just speaks for like the compositional qualities that they have that they are able to construct like really simple songs like that are as catchy and as good as, as they are at least you know from like mine and millions of others perspectives not, not from yours <laughs> the audio quality, I think, is super sharp, though. Like, those guitars, so, so fair, yeah. And this is their first album as well. This is, like, the end of 90s, so this is, like, not recent music. This is, like, pretty old now, yeah. Oh, right, because mastering the 90s was shit compared to nowadays, like, so, yeah. Yeah, they've always been incredible, like, with their quality control and stuff like that, yeah. They're also, like, the one band where, like, if you buy, like, a CD of them now, like, it's just, like, the packaging and stuff is just, like, really different from, like, other bands and stuff like that. They always, like, put a lot of care into their products and stuff like that, which I don't think lots of people do. But probably also don't have the budget for, but, yeah, like, Rammstein always had, like, a big, like, sort of, like, German engineering quality to them with, like, everything they do, so, yeah, I, I can appreciate that. Do people still buy CDs? Uh, I do sometimes, like, it's what I collect. You know, I started buying CDs because of, when I was younger because vinyl wasn't around for me back then So yeah, so I would get into vinyl, but it's like it's no point doing that now after I got so many CDs But yeah, if I like like something I still like to like buy it and like support the, the artist, you know And it's nice to have something in your hands I think, you know, like even if I don't put the CDs on physically I still, you know, have it in a shelf and I can grab it and I can look at it and read the booklet, you know, and stuff like that I think that's like just a you know nice thing to have I guess if you're collecting something yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I, I, I think that is something that's got lost with the digital era. Is you know reading the sleeve notes, uh, uh, you know, and all the people they thanked on the back of it, and just all the little details. Especially if you're really into it as a fan, you know, yeah, you absolutely want to get into that detail. So what's he on about now? 
he's talking about decapitating the, the what's the male chicken again? Cockerel. Cockerel, right? Yeah, he's like the, the cockerel that's at the local cemetery is like doing his little cockerel scream, and he's annoyed by it because he has to stop having sex with his dead wife, so he's decapitating the cockerel, and that's how that song ends. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny, very funny German humor. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's an hourly music, but yeah, I, I uh, you know I can't hate it because like it's very like well constructed, like wor like word wise, you know, like he's like very poetic in the in the way he like phrases things. Yeah, and it's uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe. It sounds like it's written by someone in like the 16th century writing like a German poem. It's yeah, it's a very specific vibe of language that you know doesn't really translate. A German friend of mine once said that a lot of people think that German people don't have a sense of humor. And he said that the German people are very funny during designated fun time. It's very good. You missed, you missed the joke during designated fun time. No? Okay. I have 100% not missed the joke, but I've heard this many times before, so I didn't laugh. Alright, okay. <laughs> no, but like, my, my friend Max has a really good bit. I heard the interview also uh, interviewed here. Uh, he, he has a good bit about German humor. He, he like he like tells like a German joke in like a really thick German accent that I'm not gonna imitate, but he tells a joke like, Oh, a man goes into a bank and he wants to buy bread. And then he like starts laughing. It's like, the joke is that the bank is not the place to buy bread. And I always laugh about that because like, <laughs> lots of people are, are genuinely like that here. Yeah, I'm not, but like, yeah, it's just like German humor is super fun. Fucking stupid sometimes, yeah. Let's leave that to the side and let's talk about one bushy, right? One bushy featuring Mariska or Mariska? New World, bit of an Indian vibe going on here and very cool. Mariksha, I think, yeah. Yeah, this drop is so good and like Van Bushy was like. After I discovered like breakcore, you know, and like Venetian through Venetian sets and stuff like that, I got into like producing breakcore, and like during that time, I was really into like Van Bushy, and um, I, I booked Van Bushy for like a birthday party that me and my mate threw, and it was like me and my mate who was into Van Bushy, and like all our friends who like hated it basically, and Van Bushy came as the only act in that like sort of like village club that we rented out, played the only set of the night, and then got shit faced drunk, and it's just such a good story, and like. He still is a really good spot about it. Like I think he probably hated that experience, but he d he never said it to me. But um, yeah, he's just like a fucking lovely guy, and like I was really lucky to like get somewhere with my music where like I was able to like work with him. Like he did a remix for me, I, uh, and then like I released on his label and stuff like that. And that's just like you know, it's been like a great experience to like be into like music you are then involved in. You know, like you have like an outsider's perspective, and you're like, oh my god, all of these artists are so cool. You know, like I yeah, I, I want to be there, and then you get to be there and release on these labels, even if they're relatively unknown or whatever in like the grand scheme of things. So yeah, it's just a nice benchmark. And I still think that Van Bushy is like one of the most underrated like breakcore artists out there, even though he's pretty popular for like a breakcore artist. But like people don't talk about him nearly enough, I think. Like he's completely like carved his own like path in like that entire genre and like he's absolutely fascinating quality-wise, I think. I haven't seen much output from him in the last few years. Maybe I missed it, but I haven't seen much. And yeah, I think he's one of those hard hitters who whenever he puts stuff out, it's instant, instant love it all, like, you know? Yeah, incredible music, yeah. I also don't think he does music right now, but yeah, it's um, 
whenever he does something, it's amazing. And like this track in particular, it's like it still holds up. Like it's also quite old now, I think. But like it's such a good track. I think that like a lot of breakcore people can only dream of like releasing a track like that in their careers. You know, I certainly fucking didn't. So uh, and he did like loads of tracks like that. You know, like there's so many Funbushi tracks that are still like, timeless. I think yeah, it's, uh, it's great music. The thing I'm always impressed by as well is how clean it sounds as well, because I think that's probably the hardest thing in breakcore is making clean sounding breakcore. You know, the raspy kicks and this kick now, the breaks on top of the, the, the other bits and pieces, hard to get it so super clean, isn't it? Yeah, I think not very much with this track. I think that like the mix down in this wouldn't be too hard, but like the, the construction of it and just like the catchiness of everything and like the choice of sounds, you know, like like Ron Bush is really good at like not making things too complex, but like making everything like with the biggest possible impact, like you say. And yeah, I think that's where his strengths are. But like engineering wise, I wouldn't say that this is like too too complicated. Yeah. Magic is the next song if I look at this list here. Like, oh, we're gonna get to it now, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the best breakcore song ever made. Full stop. It is absolutely fucking amazing. I actually told him. So like Dave Tective, I became really good friends with him after I got really got into his music, which was awkward at first. But like this is the only vinyl that I own, and I framed it and I <laughs> just to annoy him and I sent him like a picture of it to be like, oh my god, you're like my biggest idol, and he got I think he got really annoyed about that. But um, yeah, like genuinely, like unironically, I think this is like the best breakcore release ever put out, and like it still is also like years ahead of its time. And like this came out in 2011, and this is the cleanest sounding, like best produced breakcore record the way the genre is going right now like i don't think anyone is ever gonna reach that level again you know and like if you ask him like he's gonna say it because he spent like loads of time on it which i believe and i think that's like ultimately like what what sets him apart from like other people like he has he has such a extreme work ethic you know like he like this track is so detailed and like the more experience i get in making music the more baffled i am by how good this track is 
And um, ultimately, I think it's also the reason why I stopped making Breakcore as like a producer, because like this has sort of become like the benchmark. And like I'm, you know, like I just gave up, you know, after a while because it's like I'm not gonna like this is crazy uh, production quality. And yeah, I just listen to this track all the time now and just think like yeah, like this is where this genre has peaked for me. I think. But you can't make music and then compare yourself to someone else and then say they're making better music than me. Therefore, I'm gonna give up making that type of music. Right, but I have like a very like like I have a very different approach to making music, I guess, than most people. Like for me, like making music is a hobby, right? Like I don't think of it as like a calling or whatever, you know. And like I make music that I want to make. A lot of the times, music that I want to make is like hearing another track, and I'm like, this is so fascinating, yeah. Like I think it would be really fun for me to like do this, and then because it's fun, I try to do it, right? And like it's a challenge to like you know challenge myself, I guess, you know, to like get better at it. And like oh my god, like this guy's so much better at that folding origami than I am, you know. It's like I want to figure out how to fold origami that way or whatever. And I think that applies to like a lot of hobbies when people are just like really good, you know, or like learning, you know, if you're playing guitar like learning a specific really hard guitar solo you know whatever and I think it's the same for me with like tracks like this you know where like I got increasingly better and then I hit like a wall where I couldn't get any better I think and like I hear something like this and it's like this is crazy and like I'm never gonna reach that right now from my perspective so you know I'm like before I get frustrated I move on to something else because I don't think that I have an obligation to myself or to anyone else to like just keep on making break or whatever you know because like if I'm bored of it I'm just not gonna do it you know like and then if people don't like the stuff that I'm doing now, then like, so be it, you know, like, I'm not gonna cry, like, I have a job, and, you know, I have security, like, it's not gonna break my neck or whatever, you know, and, like, if people like what I do, then I, I take that, and I like that, but, um, it's, um, you know, I don't really mind if it's not gonna be like that, so, yeah, and for me, I, I just went to, like, a crossroads where, like, this was the track that, like, defined, like, where I was going musically, and I couldn't get there, and I was like, oh, it's fine, you know, like, I'm just gonna move on, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah, fair enough. Um, you touched on a point that, that really your own satisfaction level is what's important to you and making music yourself and if other people like it, then fair enough. Exactly the same sort of idea I'm doing with the radio show, you know, I do what I like. I, you know, I often say to people, if you want to be popular, you won't be doing this shit music, you know? So yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I, yeah, someone on like a breakout group once told me like like I'm like career oriented or whatever. Yeah, and it's like, well, but like if, if somebody offers me to play at a big rave, I'm not gonna fucking pass on that shit, right? I'm not stupid. It's like, yeah, this would be stupid to like turn something like that down. But like at the same time, like if I wanted to make money, I would not have made breakcore, you know? It's like, it's such a stupid notion. I don't understand where people get that from. I mean, the obvious question would be like, well, why did you give up doing Breakforce 1 and why have you switched to Gate System? At the end of the day, yeah, because that's what I wanted to do. Right? Yeah, exactly. And we can talk about the name now. Do you want to talk about the name now, now that people are like into this into this episode a little bit, yeah? Yeah, go on, yeah, talk, talk, talk to me about Gaze, yeah. It's the dumbest joke in the world. It's literally just my first name, Rene, and then Gate, because it's just Renegade, and then I just added a system to that, I just, yeah. Oh, wow, that is brilliant. That's the entire, it's the entire reason why I've got Gaze system. And people can't figure it out and like, I don't get it because like if you refer to artists you would say like their first name and then their artist name and like people haven't done that with me yet and I think if the first person does that like online when someone says oh yeah uh, have you seen Rene uh, and then Gate system around or whatever and then it's like oh my god and like that epiphany I'm waiting for that so like yeah and I uh... Right right that makes total sense because you were saying as well before people don't know whether it's called you Ren or Rene 
No, Rene. It's Rene. Yeah. I know, but you said that sometimes people call you Ren or no, Reen. Reen. Oh, Reen. Right, 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 right. What people used to say, which I don't get, but yeah, I don't know. But now, but now we have the mnemonic Renegade. I can not only spell your artist name right, but I can also pronounce your first name right. There you go. Two problems solved with one name. I haven't even thought about it that way. I'm I'm such a genius. I'm an unintentional genius. I'm the most intelligent person. I'm so clever. I don't even know this. <laughs> Brilliant. No, it is. It is genius. It is genius. Yeah, so this is Vukoda and Saji and Ragamuffin with Rise and Peace. This is kind of my wild card choice. I was like, let's, I like needed one more electronic music track and I, uh, I added this one because I think this is like a very overlooked track. When people talk about like Ragacore and stuff like that, I think they don't really think about this track uh, or know, even know it, I guess. Even though like, I, I think it's like one of the like best Dragacore tracks out there and it's like definitely like informed my sense of like how to make that sort of genre you know like the sort of like Eamon driven like reggae edit heavy uh, uh, breakcore stuff yeah and like this is like definite highlight of that entire sort of approach to music and um, yeah I fucking love this song so you weren't having a moment of self-doubt thinking oh shit what happens if Gushy listens to my 15 tunes and says oh shit I better put at least one jungle tune in there just to keep him happy right yeah, exactly. I was trying to please you. Yes, that's the entire, that's the entire reason I'm doing this. Is I'm just trying to like yeah, suck up to you and like yeah. Nah, it's all good, mate. It's all good. So like I say, I love everything. Love everything you selected here. Um... Would you call this? You'd call this ragged core? Uh, yeah, it's again, it's a genre thing, isn't it? Really, it's like. Um... What would you call this? I mean, it's too fast for jungle. Is it record core? Is it jungle? Right. And there's no such thing as too fast for jungle. You've probably been listening to too much, like, um... Hipster jungle. Hipster jungle. You know, hipster jungle, the sort of stuff to talk about on Long Live Crafted Jungle. Well, you mean like Sully or something like that? I like Sully. I like Sully. Sully is amazing, yeah. So I was like, if you if you were like about that, and like I would have been. He is, yeah. You know, John, all them drunk punk people. No, absolutely. Love it all. Love all that sort of stuff. Anything that's got breaks in mixed up patterns, I would call jungle. <laughs> right? Right. So I don't also argue that breakcore is uh, the next level up from jungle, right? If you listen to jungle and go, oh yeah, I love jungle, but I'm looking for something extra spicy, then you step one further and then you're into breakcore, right? Yeah, I can I can see that. I mean, like, breakcore has very different roots, uh, I guess. Well, I mean, it's kind of rude in jungle, but like, yeah, I think it's like very different things. But um, I can I can see, yeah, I can see that. There's definitely a lot of bleed over in like British breakcore with like jungle music. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. It's a fair, fair assessment. Yeah. That's the way I went with it. Anyway, that's why I'm into breakcore, uh, and I like all sorts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always described it to like my friends who aren't into electronic music breakcore as being like really fast and aggressive drum and bass. You know, it's just like yeah. someone can at least like estimate what the music is like if you if you call it that. But, yeah. Why do German people like David Hasselhoff? I don't know. I've, I've not been alive when all of that stuff happened. So. 
<laughs> you said ask you anything, so I thought I'd just ask you why do people like Dave Pastel if I don't get it. No, you can't ask me anything, but like I'm not saying that I have an answer for everything. Ah, that's a good question, yeah, good point, yeah, good point. I have, I have no idea, no, I have, this has been 10 years before I was born, so yeah, so... How old are you again? How old am I? Uh, 49. We are, we are 23 years apart, dude. 23 years. I'm looking forward to, I mean, obviously I'm looking forward to Bank Face 2022, but I'm looking forward to Bank Face 2023. I want to be 50 years old and go to Bank Face. That's my, yeah, okay, I'm, I like, I like, you know, 50 and being at Bank Face, that's, that's my aim. That's the saddest thing I've ever <laughs> Like, what are your life goals if that's your life goal? To still be going to Bank Face when I'm 50. That's a life goal. Well, well, when do you think you might give up going to Bank Face or, or to raves or whatever? I don't know, just go like buy a house or, you know, like, done all of that, yeah. Done all that, it's all boring. I mean, music's in your blood, right? You'll always listen to this sort of music, right? You're never not gonna listen to this music. I don't know, I'm 26, dude. I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do in like 26 years. Ah, you can't just suddenly start listening to classical. You can't, you can't, you can't. You're ne this is in your blood, you will never get this up. Fair enough, yeah, maybe, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we have to see what like the genres that I'm into like do as well because breakcore definitely just turned to absolute dog shit in the last five years. Like I don't like many things that have been put out, but you know it's just me. It's all subjective. I'm happy that people are getting into it. You know I'm not gonna be one of those people that like tells people that they're not doing it right or whatever because that's stupid. I'm not into it, so I'm not gonna listen to it. You know. <laughs> Yeah, so this is Sufjan Stevens, which is a really sad song about his childhood friend dying of cancer, which I thought would like, you know, loosen up the atmosphere a little bit. This is like one of my favorite artists uh, of all time. I really like his music. Like he has very varied kind of music, but like it's all like sort of broken down. It's like sort of folk seizing of songwriter stuff, a lot of it. A lot of it is more grand as well with like an entire band playing, right? But like, I think this was the first Sufjan Stevens song that I heard. And this is like one that like, really resonated with me emotionally like it's something that like if you don't listen to the lyrics sounds quite like upbeat you know with like the banjo and everything um, but then the lyrics are yeah are quite heavy and sad and like real and intimate and like he's really good at that and like that entire album that this is off uh, Illinois um, is uh, yeah is absolutely like a really big achievement in like that sort of music for me yeah there's like so many good songs on that album that like I just like yeah, just really mean a lot to me, like, just like, with how I resonated with it emotionally, and yeah, I like, love listening to, like, Sophie and Steven's music when I'm, you know, like, in a little bit of, like, a d d uh, low mental, mentally, you know, and it's just, yeah, you know, it's just, like, reassuring, nice, beautiful music, but, like, not, not in, like, a cheesy way or whatever, which is, like, ultimately, like, what it has to be if, for me to be into, you know, like, there's no cliches about, about his music. Yeah, he's just, like, a really good musician, like, singing about quite real things and yeah it's I, I I have a lot of love and respect for that for him you know and yeah really really love Sophie Stevens. Well it's the real artistry isn't it of music telling the story um, having meaningful lyrics uh, and obviously bringing all the pieces of music together. Is he playing all the instruments and then layering it or has he got different instruments? 
I don't know how it's recorded, but like live, he's not playing all of the instruments uh, or whatever. So, so I don't know if he's like recording it all on his own. But um, I think he, def he definitely plays multiple instruments, though. So it might have been like all just him, like in the studio. But I'm not sure about that at all. That'd be pretty cool, wouldn't it? I'd feel like I'd made it as an artist if I was playing all the different instruments myself and then layering it all together. That'd be pretty cool, yeah. I mean, there are bands like that. There's like. There are bands like that, like one of the bands I'm really into, uh, Mismore, is like a one-person like doom metal band and like in the studio he records all of the instruments and vocals and shit himself. Live, obviously, he gets like people to do it for him because he doesn't have 16 arms, but uh, yeah, in the studio he does it all himself and it's really good music, yeah. Sunday night, when I clean the house, I find the card where you wrote it out. With the pictures of your mother On the floor at the Great Divide With my shirt tucked in and my shoes untied I am crying in the bathroom In the morning when you finally go And the nurse runs in with her head hung low First of March on the holiday, I thought I saw you breathing. All the glory that the Lord has made, and the complications when I see his face in the morning in the window. All the glory when he took our place, but he took my and he shook my face and he takes and he takes and he takes I like this sort of stuff Some, this, this to me is like Sunday afternoon you know you're wrecked you just need to chill out sort of music you know or read a book or whatever Oh my god, no, this is like not music I would listen to. Yeah, no, this is not music I would listen to if I'm wrecked because I would probably just start crying uncontrollably. Oh, okay. Read the lyrics to the song, it's like, it's awful. It's really, really horrible, jarring, like, sad stuff. And Christian, kind of, weirdly Christian. I'm fine with that. I don't know, I only listen to happy music. Happy Sunshine, it's a Pandora's box I don't want to open. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's quite fitting to listen to like, you know, like, ravey music, like, with Fun Bushy Tective and like, the, the uh, vocoder track, and then just sort of get like, bang face feeling, and then transition into this track, which is like, the sort of post-bang face depression that everyone has for like, a week afterward, yeah. I remember one time we like drove back from Hyrule Boomtown or Bangface with loads of people that like we knew were gonna be on drugs, would have like a, a sort of like a hangover. Yeah, we just compiled a playlist with like the saddest music we could think of and played it to them in the car on the drive back. And it was the funniest shit in the world just seeing like six people in the back of the van just like having the worst time of their life. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, yeah. I think that's how I found Sophie Stevens, actually, that might have been, like, the research for their playlist, but I'm not 100% sure. Okay, well, now we're getting to the 85-minute track. Kushi, are you ready for me to talk uncontrollably for about an hour? <laughs> if I'm not ready now, then I don't know when I will be ready, so go for it, mate, go for it. Why did you want this to be at the very end as well? 
Well, because I want to talk about this a little bit longer, I think this is like an incredibly like important song for me. I said earlier that like Entombed used to be my favorite song of all time. Uh, this is the second thing that I found during the pandemic. So like this is also the thing that I referred to earlier when I talked about Holy Fawn. Yeah, this is an 85 minute long one track album called Mirror Reaper by Bellwit. And I listened to this for the first time and I'm sorry, this is going to get really sad, but like I don't want this to be a sad conversation, but I have to tell a story. I've listened to this on the travel to my mom's house after my grandpa died last year uh, in 2020. Yeah, it was like a 90 minute drive. Basically the day it happened, you know, I wanted to like go see my mom and like check on her, you know. And um, yeah, I had like time and I was like, I'm just gonna, you know, I need to listen to something. Like now's the time, like this is sad, I'm sad, you know. And like, I've never resonated with something emotionally as I did with this, you know. Like it sorted me out like completely. Like it was a ride that I had you know like emotionally and like this song is about dying as well so like it was just thematically fitting as well and i think it was just like the stars aligned and like i had like a really amazing like emotional like musical experience with this album that like i wouldn't i don't think i'm probably ever gonna get again like i don't know how like what else can happen for me to like resonate with something as much as i do with this one and like i recommend everyone who's like into doom metal to set some time apart you know and listen to this album because it's absolutely like ridiculously good just amazing 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 songwriting yeah i had to cut out five minutes of this because we can't listen to the whole thing right now so i chose the ending of the song like this is like sort of like the final act of the song everything just kind of culminates like emotionally like i'm gonna get a tattoo of the song at some point which is gonna be my first tattoo so yeah i'm really committed to really thinking this is a good track so yeah i wanted to end this with this track because this is like the most important track from in my life for me you know at the moment at least and um yeah i just thought it would be fitting to like end it that way yeah and now you can ask me about it <laughs> no no i was leaving you to it absolutely that's the thing i do just leave people to talk right yeah yeah it's been yeah it's been a fucking hard you know like two years for me you know i think for everyone but like i can talk for me only you know like it's uh like my, my grandpa wasn't like the only death that happened in my family you know just like two more afterwards and just that album has just like sort of like kept me company for like the entire time you know i've yeah like i said i've just been resonating with it like emotionally like so much where like i'm just you know like i don't i've never had that with music before you know where i'm like this is like i'm just absorbed into this song you know and i've listened to it so much as well just at work you know because like i have the time to listen to stuff like this because like if i listen to 90 minutes of break or one song you know like it doesn't matter really because like I, I have the time so yeah i've listened to this like i think 40 times spotify said at the end of the year you know in 2021 like through the whole thing uh in like in 40 different sittings you know again and again and yeah like it still doesn't get boring and i just love the living shit out of this uh, song yeah it's great great music that is perfect. It's beautiful. I mean, you know, you've got that connection to it. Then that, that's that's amazing. I'll bring it probably back to what I was saying earlier about Igor track. If something connects to you and actually it's like a key going into a lock and it fits perfectly into your brain of this is what you're feeling or, or, or your emotions or whatever you feel at the time, then yeah, I can see why you'd have that connection. Absolutely, yeah. Also, by the way, if you're listening to this, just a little tidbit, this entire song is just a single bass guitar and a uh, drum played at the same time. So this guy is doing a guitar and a bass part at the same time with one instrument. It's absolutely ridiculous.
Oh, well, uh, Rene, thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us about 15 Amazing Tunes. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. It's been an amazing thing. I really love your, your show. I like this, uh, this concept a lot, and uh, I've, I've enjoyed every episode that I've listened to so far, and yeah, thanks for having me. Oh, brilliant. Oh, thanks again. So, uh, see you soon. Uh, hopefully some decent rave somewhere. <laughs> yeah, see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.